My good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a design podcast. Like most design podcasts you may hear, we will cover a wide array of design topics. We will speak about branding, packaging, marketing, and brand loyalty. What makes it unique is that it comes from our perspective as small boutique design owners dealing with the ins and outs of the everyday work environment. We are hands-on from start to finish with all of our clients, have well-rounded appreciation of all aspects that may go into a brand, and to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz, and this is the Kirk and Kurtz Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 47, Jake's putting the filla in Manila. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. All right. All right, here we go. I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz packet. Well, Kirk and Kurtz Design Podcast. <laughs> I still want to say. I, I still want to packaging design. I know, man. It's how we started, and it's just in my head, but but we are talking to You can to someone- take the you can take the packaging out of Kirk, but you can't take the Kirk out of packaging design <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. So, so today, 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 our guest, today, our guest is someone I met through New Hope and all kinds of crazy, uh, sorry, all kinds of interesting and fun um, startup CPG stuff and CPG land and naturally bay area and the nba network for naturally network and uh jake de leon is a first generation filipino american here and his product fill manila is taking the shelves by storm um i've had it i've tried it i've helped jake with a little bit of packaging stuff and it is really a good product but even better is that jake's an awesome dude and i uh, love him tons i'm so happy he's on here jake d What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm so honored. Yay. We're glad to have you here, too. Um, yeah. And congrats on the recent move to Chocolate City. For those who don't know, Washington, Washington D.C. <laughs> um, so I, I hear you're liking it. It's a little cold, but that's that's okay. That's what indoors are for. Well, I did. If it's called the Chocolate City, I was exploring Georgetown the other day. That must be like the White Chocolate City. No, <laughs> <laughs> White Chocolate Park. <laughs> I was like, I was like, good lord, I haven't seen this many like Patagonia and Cotopaxi uh, vests in a while. It's like, is oh my this god, DC yeah. or what, dude? <laughs> yeah, the, Georgetown. Oh my god. <laughs> so anytime, anytime my wife and I go out, we call it the uniform right the uniform mm-hmm. is is the puffy patagonia jacket and for, yep. for women puffy patagonia jacket and tight leggings and tennis <laughs> shoes yeah yeah like that's the uniform like now you're that's the uniform anywhere you go santa barbara uh san ramon santa cruz washington dc like that's that's the uniform that's it the standard that's uniform the one. i saw i saw a funny meme where it's like you know what patagonia and cotopaxi executives think their consumers like what their clothes are seeing it's like you know mountains and alpine things but in reality it's like a line for cupcakes or the starbucks you know <laughs> seriously <laughs> or, like the, or like the floor of a tesla right that's what they're that's what's the same Dude, in real life 
it's so it's so good because it's so true it's they are comfortable clothes and shout out to patagonia and also for the founder who's going to give away all of his savings and all of his money in research for helping the, the earth and environmental needs so side note shout out to patagonia but anyway jake um i'm so happy to have you on and i just wanted to find out where did your love of food i know you're filipino but where did that love of food come from what made you want to get into doing phil and manila you know it's it's uh well thanks again for having me and it's like i like to start out always in the beginning and i'll start out with my opening joke that i tell to everyone right so i'm a first generation filipino american immigrant you know in my case that means i was born in the philippines and raised in the exotic land of new jersey right so that's, that's what I would um but you know Kirk, to, to, to your question it's like i i don't think it's exclusively a filipino thing but you know growing up like our family was always rooted around food there was always something happening around food or the the kitchen table right either like our not only our meals, but our good conversations, even like some arguments or even just like doing our homework was always around the kitchen table. Right. I think one of my earliest memories, honestly, with food and kind of equating food with love was just like, I used to help my mother and my grandmother make Filipino delicacies in our kitchen because I mean, we were poor growing up, right? With, with most immigrant families and like anything to do to get extra income into the family, like selling these delicacies to our friends and families or neighbors was always helpful. So then I used to watch my mother and grandmother make these things tirelessly, like the whole Saturday, the whole Sunday, doing these things by hand. And like, wow, food equals love and food equals kind of like sustenance to our family, not just food wise, but even just kind of like supporting the family that way. And that's how I kind of connected and had that love with food, uh, not only in just in the Filipino household, but just my personal family in general. That's awesome. It's, it's so true. I mean, I can, most of the times growing up as as Naven Johnson from The Jerk said, I was I grew up a poor black child. Um, of course, Naven Johnson's <laughs> played by Steve Martin, who is <laughs> whiter than white. But anyway, um, no, growing up, my my mom and dad cooked all the time, and, and I did the same thing where I'd be in the kitchen and and sit there and watch and observe and help. But I think the bigger thing too is it's you, you don't think about it at the time, but it's such a nice way to spend those precious moments with family members. And it's just, there's some type of magic there, for lack of a better term, where you're sitting there, you're making things, and you're creating, and you're doing all this stuff. And it feels like you're you're part of the culture and tradition that has gotten you to where you were at that point in time. It's just it's just a beautiful thing. And to hear you tell that story is is really touching. Because um, I just see your your mom and grandma telling little, little Jake, okay, come here, put this there, put that there, <laughs> do that. And you rolling your eyes and not wanting to do it, but then <laughs> getting it, finally getting into it. So um, with with Phil and Manila, and there's always, by the way, the branding so much fun. Like I can't, mm -hmm. I can't express how fun it is. Just, just the idea of bringing out all the cues, the fun cues of the the Philippine flag and um, the red, the the white, the the blue, the yellow the sun and the power behind yeah. all that. And then just mimicking that into your, into your name and fill Manila, it rhymes. It's great. But what made you think about where'd you see an opportunity for fill Manila to even grow or to come to existence? 
Yeah, for sure. It's it, it's funny because obviously I grew up around Filipino food, right? And then not just Filipino food, but Filipino products. Because we would always go to the Asian grocery store. Or we had a, like this really cute, small Filipino specific grocery store in our area. And then we would get our ingredients there, like our soup mixes and stuff. So it was always part of life. I never really thought about it or so. But I mean, like, I because I ended up working in for these big food companies anyway, right? So I used to work for brands like Pringles and uh, Starbucks and uh, Imes and Yukonuba Pet Foods as well as that. So it's like I did all my food stints during my career, but small companies, small companies. But yeah. life is ironic because, dude, it's like um, I won't go into too much detail, but this is not my first startup, my first food startup. So I had a previous food startup. It was basically making almond milk called Origin Almond. And we were doing well. Mm. And then, uh, you know, March of 2020 was actually our highest revenue month to date. And then, you know, uh, sadly, with COVID and the lockdowns that impacted our revenue because a lot of our revenue was tied to store traffic, right? So mm. we had a single serve functional beverage. So, you know, if you imagine someone going to Whole Foods at the hot bar, they grab one of our drinks. That was like the typical transaction. So we saw like 80% of our revenue drop in like eight weeks. Oh. Uh, with the COVID. But wow. I, honestly, I look back at that experience with full gratitude. And I say it for three reasons. The first reason is that we were refrigerated. So we sold off all of our inventory. There was no financial hit. Number two, it's like I had friends who had businesses 20 times larger than my own. They lost everything overnight. Right. Mm, wow. And number three, it's like, you know, I, look, I didn't get sick. My parents didn't get sick. Those who right. I loved didn't get sick. So it's kind of hard to feel sorry for yourself and the whole world is suffering around you. Right. So it's kind of like, what are those moments of clarity? Like, wow, you know, what, what is going on in the world and what, what is happening with me? So it kind of gave this really unique opportunity of reflection, like what is happening, you know, in business and your life and what's happening in the world. And honestly, that if that didn't happen, the idea behind Phil Manila or Phil Manila would not have been born. And the idea behind the company was born with uh, a simple article I saw during kind of like the April, May, I would say like the worst moments of the pandemic, right? The, the very early onset. And I saw an article that talked about in some areas of the US, 20% of the healthcare workforce fighting COVID were Filipino. And then this is like, oh yeah, mm. what else is you? Because like, it's an inside joke in most Filipino families. We have at least <laughs> seven people who are nurses, nurses. Uh, medical technicians and got, you know, like if you're not, if you don't go to nursing school like me, if like I didn't go to nursing school, it's like, is everything okay with Jake? It's like, he didn't go to nursing school. It's like, oh, you know, he. He got dropped on his head when he was a baby and you know all this stuff. Um, but it was kind of like, oh, that's funny. So I saw this headline. I'm like, what are what are what else do I not know about my community? And through all the research, it turns out, you know, we are a thing. You know, Filipinos are the second largest Asian American group in the US, the largest in eleven states, including California and Nevada. A fun fact that I think I shared with Kirk when we first met that in California, and Kirk is probably not surprised. The third most spoken language outside of English and Spanish is Tagalog. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, me coming from the world of consumer products, like, wait a minute, well, how come is it, if that's as true, if we're such a big community, why is it when you go to the market, like Target, Kroger, Whole Foods, Publix, Wegmans, there's actually no Filipino food on the shelf, right? It's almost like, oh, Filipino food, you got to go to the uh, store in Chinatown and make a left at the third dusty shelf and you'll find a, a few MSG packets and that's <laughs> that's Filipino food. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it was like, oh, this is crazy. So then like it, that kind of compelled me, this idea of representation. And not only that, but Filipino food has been exploding in media. Like folks like Anthony Bourdain, David Chang, Andrew Zimmerman, they say Filipino food is on the cusp of emergence. All these awesome retailers like Trader Joe's launching their own line of like Filipino quote unquote, Filipino products like ube, 
So I figured it was about time that someone start the first Filipino American food brand. And it kind of felt right that it should be, I was like, fine, I guess I'll do it. And so that's how Filipino <laughs> <laughs> was born. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Where, okay, where did the name come from? Like Andy and I, we, we constantly are talking about brand names and we had, we actually had a gentleman on Paul Vogue and he said he liked the name Ora Bora because it rhymed. It sounded like Bora Bora. It's kind of the same thing with Phila Manila. And I think of, I think mm-hmm. I think about is, is, you know, Muhammad Ali talking smack, talking about the, <laughs> yeah. the Thriller in Manila. I'm like, no, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Phila, Phila Manila. So um, play off of Philippines, but also Manila, the biggest, or the, the capital of the Philippines, I, I believe, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's when we were brainstorming names, I was like, you know, from my past experience with my first startup, it's like, I need a product where if someone hears a brand name, they they need to know immediately what what the brand offers, right? You can't like make a, a who's a was it brand and, you know, sell whatever widget, because it doesn't make sense. So then it's like, I need mm-hmm. to make it obvious we do Filipino food. So I need to start with a word that's so synonymous with Philippines. And I say, maybe Manila, okay? So then now you have Manila, and now you need to think of a second thing that's both quirky and fun, because that's the spirit of the Philippine culture, and also one that has kind of a deeper connection to uh, to our people. And then, so in the U.S., Filipino-Americans, uh, one of our, I guess, shortened version is called Phil-Am, like Filipino-American. And then so I was like, oh, what if I combine Phil-Am with Manila? Oh, wait, there's an opportunity to drop, you know, uh, that right. part of Phil. And then so, hey, Phil wow. Manila was born. It, it rhymes, it's cute. It kind of like, it can have many interpretations when I ask people what I think that, what, what I think they think it means, they say, oh, like Phila Manila, like you're filling up with Filipino food or Phila Manila because you're, you're based <laughs> in Philly. So Philadelphia. Manila. So it's really fun to hear, you know, how people <laughs> interpret it, but essentially it's the same kind of a same spirit. Well, at least before, yeah, go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say, I love how the, your process, I mean, it seems like it's, it um, is part of your brand, like ethos is, infusing that fun and um just like bright and and just quirkiness wittiness to everything from the name to the colors that you choose to probably the flavors that you're putting out there and choosing it's just it's such a neat thing to see how you live and breathe this brand um and and how it you know me not having a ton of connection to the um filipino community like i i i can understand it by looking at your product i can i can get a flavor of of what it's like to be in a household and and to um to be around you know just i don't know just it's really neat and you do it all without being cliche visually yes which is important which is really i i as a designer that's hard to do because there's so many sort of cultural cliches that we can fall back on and uh, and the visuals that are presented on your packaging and in, in your brand are just so fresh and new, but then still feel very authentic and familiar. I love yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's hard not to. It, it's hard to avoid those obvious things sometimes too, um, and you do it so well. Just and I, I, the thing that really caught my eye about this was those bright pops of color and then just the immediate connection like i said before the flag it's like oh this is brilliant mm-hmm. and the name and it's just all around but what, what's even better is is 
having something you want to pick up, but then the continued purchase after you've bought it because of how it tastes and how good the product is. And I tell you people, this product is fucking good. Um, <laughs> Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, really good. Um, it's nice because it is so simple. You just, uh, I'm, I'm a uh, product explaining for you, Jake. All you, <laughs> all you do is you, you get open or get out your favorite meats or vegetables, a combination and pour the sauce and cook it. It's like, that's it. There's not a lot of prep. It's just a matter of, of how wet or dry or hot or spicy you want something. And there's so many different flavors and it's, it's just really a, an amazing product. Where do you see, where do you see this product going? Um, from just not only only in, in pouches or sauces, but where else would you like to see it go? Like frozen mm -hmm. meals, ice creams, chips. How would you like to see this product move in the future? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, our vision at Filipinella is to ultimately represent the next generation of Filipino uh, flavors, right? So that's our vision. If you think about that, there's, you know, the same way that Marvel has their own cinematic universe. I like to joke that Filipino <laughs> has our own culinary universe. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah, we have we have really like iconic dishes like, you know, adobo. Uh, we have really iconic condiments like banana ketchup really delicious sweet concepts like ube ube is a purple yam right so think about these core iconic concepts and like these flavors that are so in like intertwined with filipino culture and just think of how many platforms are available in the u.s where you could kind of interpret these flavors right so with their adobo yeah you could do it in a really cool cooking sauce but maybe you could do it in a condiment as well right with a banana ketchup, mm. yeah, you could do it as kind of like a condiment on its own, or maybe you could do it as like, I'm making it up here, like, you know, banana ketchup flavored potato chips, right? Or even think about ube, we're starting out with a spread, almost like, you know, like a, a coconut based jam, but then like anything that uses kind of those kind of ingredients, like ice creams, um, you know, like novelties, or even like cookies that use ube. And, you know, Kirk, you're from California, you've seen so many ube oh, products yeah. out there, yeah? yeah? There's so many different ways you can, can kind of share the deliciousness of Filipino foods and ingredient concepts through a variety of foods. So the sky's the limit. I mean, we're being choiceful now in terms of like tackling what we call center of the stores or like pantry, pantry staples. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, as we grow, going into like, um, you know, heat and eat meals makes sense. Going into ice cream makes sense. Even going into like food service makes sense too. So I think Filipino food and Filipino cuisine right now is, is super hot, right? I mean, like, a lot of the Michelin chefs happen to be Filipino. I mean, Forbes and New York wow. Times have been citing Filipino as the 2023 cuisine of the year, like really cool ingredients like ube. And so where we are now is exactly where Japanese and Korean food was maybe like five or seven years ago, right? So, you know, think about when they're saying, mm. oh man, have you heard about kimchi? Have you heard about this kind of stuff? And it's mm. like, no, I haven't. But then like, look where it is now. You know, have you heard about bubble tea? No, that's weird. But look where bubble tea is now. Right. That's exactly yeah. what's happening with a lot of the food concepts that exist in Filipino cuisine, where magically it's starting to grow popularity and kind of like this following in the U.S. just because there's so much kind of connection with social media and just a lot of people who are just so excited about craving new flavors that they haven't yet experienced, but they've heard about so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Authenticity is also very important, too. Um, mm, yeah. And and so it's it's nice to have someone who is actually making it. I know that you're leaving the company, so correct. <laughs> don't say so, that. Okay, so no. So listen, man. So 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 this, this motherfucker gets on and it says like, 
like hey jake what's up oh fine i'm getting ready to leave the company and my my heart literally dropped into my shoes because it's like no because i thought some i thought somebody did a hostile takeover or something like, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding i, I said to everybody I'm like well don't say that to me man it's not cool but um I think, but in, in in long in those lines i think it's really nice to make sure and what you're doing is to maintain that authenticity like the love that you put into the product shows like clearly shows across all boards like you i've i've seen you work on powerpoints and i've seen you pitch and i've seen you bust your ass trying to get your product down correctly like you put so much time and work into this and it shows and it's nice because it's coming from a a, a place of love but it's also coming from a place of knowledge i mean had you not done the original cold uh almond milk drink you wouldn't have had the experience probably to do this so it's, it's all nice and it kind of seems like it's all working out really well for you um but the one good thing well, too it, go ahead andy i was just gonna say it's it's um you you've invested the time and energy without i mean you had a a, a you thought that it might have some traction and velocity and all that kind of stuff but like you just said like you you're ahead of the you're seeing into the future with with your, what you're putting out there and and so you're not doing this because there's like this investment opportunity where you're going to make a ton of money in you know whatever by um overnight you've invested a ton of time and energy building this up and you've probably created a lot of that interest you alone have probably created a lot of that interest and that energy that's going to bring, like you just described, with the the other foods um, being becoming popular. And, you know, you've created a lot of that to for Filipino food to now become popular and, right. and join the popular culture. Um, but it's not because you were going to do it because, but it's because you love it and you want to share it with everybody. Um, versus, like I don't know, being opportunistic. You see a lot of that. Yes. In, when when trends and fads get get started, you know, people just Johnny come lately's and hop on the bus and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's what I love about it. I've I remember you know hearing you speak, um, a few Expo West ago. I think maybe you were winning a pitch competition or something. Um, so it was when you were getting started and getting out there. And, uh, and, and so you've been obviously been just invested in this for a long time. And, um, obviously it's gonna, I know it's gonna pay off for you, but it's also gonna show the world how, you know, great and diverse all this, um, these different products are and everything. That's yeah. what I find is going to be exciting is once this does explode, what are some of the other, I don't know if you've seen other Filipino products coming out there now that it's starting to gain some traction that, um, Mm -hmm. are are different from you or in the same universe we we had i'm not saying this is a filipino product but um kirk and i tried lunar seltzer hard mm. seltzer and that was i loved it and i love their spin on basically taking asian flavors and creating hard seltzers with them because like hard oh, okay we we don't need another hard seltzer but these are amazing and they're so good packaging was amazing and everything about it was great um yeah so yeah yeah bringing your own unique twists our own unique take to a, a a great market using 
love and heritage from your own culture. I think that's that's so. But cool. are you seeing more coming out, more products in your category? I guess the Filipino condiment category <laughs> coming out, or or other. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting. So, so uh, I have not uh, any. Well, I have wow. to, I've seen a few coming out from yeah. uh, you know, like these certain pockets, like New York City and maybe LA. But um, yeah, they usually come out. Uh, if I were to put almost like at a smaller scale, so you know, someone at a farmer's market or maybe a restaurant that sure. had Filipino food that you know, decided to do their own jars of sauces or spreads or something like that. But in regards mm -hmm. to uh, someone who wants to take the risk on a national stage and kind of introduce a product, I have not seen that yet, which wow. which is good and bad. It's good because yeah. essentially, you know, there, you know, there's there's uh, there's no competition, and you know, basically, Filipino gets to mold that kind of aspect of Filipino culture and cuisine in the market. But it's also bad too because you know, like, essentially, it's up to us to do a lot of the education at this point, right? So yeah. So maybe, hopefully, as we get larger and more successful, you know, at, at that point, we're educating a lot of consumers what Filipino food is and getting them excited. For example, we hear stories all the time, like our products are out in like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Utah, and a lot of people say, oh my God, this is the first time I had Filipino adobo, it's amazing. And so kind of that really, that first interaction with Filipino food that we're responsible for, it has a lot of responsibility, but it's exciting too, because, you know, we're, we're kind of shaping what yeah. their definition is of Filipino food. and. Thankfully, from us, it comes from a very authentic, sincere place because, you know, the mm -hmm. recipes, they're based off my dad's recipes, right? So it's nothing like crazy wow. or too weird or, you know, we're not being vegan or plant-based. It's just like, it's just our natural Filipino food. I just, just I just yeah. put a bit of a healthy spin on it. Yeah, that's that, that's really nice. That's really cool. Um, it's, it's nice to be first, but like you're saying, it's also a little nerve-wracking. And the, the problem too is that when when you guys really really blow up, you're gonna have companies like Kraft or Kellogg's come in and just make some cheap knockoff. And the shitty thing about that, I've seen this happen in several realms before, like with alcohol. But the, the it's it sucks because they have they have the shelf space and they have the the productions production means and they also have the distribution already in place so oftentimes they do it and they'll be selling stuff but then people realize it's not that good and it's like oh i tried filipino food before it's not that good or i tried this sauce before it wasn't that good so that's that's a bad thing that can happen but right now i'm i'm believing people are looking for stories i believe people are looking for like we said that authenticity and they want to hear what it's about and experience the actual culture rather than just buying some food they heard of and you bring it with this product and there's there's something you just started and we're going to switch topics real quick but there's something that you have started speaking about other people who have their own businesses and um also minorities who have their own businesses and you just were so excited to tell us about this and we're excited too called founders heritage um it's and I'll, i would love for you to explain to it more but the one person i recognize on here is hector right like ah yes Hector yeah yeah from Tia Lupita and I I seen him at naturally events and met him a couple of times really sweet dude um and he does Tia Lupita the chips the sauces I have a jar of the sauce in my fridge right now um so I would love to hear more about Founders Heritage if you want to tell us about that yeah so it, Founder Heritage is is kind of um it's always been on my mind right so 
you know, what I told you about the founding story of Philip Manila, um, you know, that's all true. Uh, there's one element that, you know, I haven't shared with a lot of folks that also happened. It's actually one of the driving factors that pushed me over the edge to start the business. Yeah. So, you know, around the same time of COVID, I was kind of thinking about it. It's like, do I really want to get back into this crazy startup world again? Uh, it's kind of, you know, it, was, it drains a lot. It's not being not for the, the weak hearted. But as I was thinking about it and contemplating, I saw there was another food brand out there, another food startup. Um, and then, you know, one of their items was a, a Filipino flavor. I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, and then I did research. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, these people are not Filipino. Um, and so, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's, uh, I'm, I love it when people interpret flavors in their own way or bring more spotlight to kind of global flavors and communities. But something about it just did not sit right with me. I felt like, you know, if Filipino food is truly about to have its moment, finally, in terms of representation and spotlight, Ideally, it should be someone from that culture who is responsible for doing it, right? So then, um, you know, for me, that was kind of like the the push moment, right? That pushed me over the tipping point. It was like, all right, fine. You know, someone has to really do Filipino food in an authentic way, not just authentic in terms of ingredients, but authenticity in terms of, like, of the heart and the soul behind the founding of the brand, right? So, and that's what really compelled me to start Filipino. So that was kind of this really interesting idea of, authenticity, sincerity, right? Culture and heritage that I carried throughout with me like the last few years while I was building Philip Manila. And, you know, I, I talked to other founders in the global flavor space, like, you know, Hector and then, you know, um, <laughs> Lee Lin from the Eyes Tie and many other founders. And we always had that same kind of thought as well, but we just never knew how to kind of verbalize it or really how to bring it to life, right? Out of our brain. And, you know, that's the idea behind Founders Heritage. And essentially it's a community of, uh, it's a founder forward community, right? I mean, then we, we typically, we just kind of look at celebrating um, the brands and the products that are basically authentically rooted in the cultures and heritages of the founders, right? So that's what, that's what Founders Heritage is. Yeah, so you look at all the brands that are part of the initial cohort, like me, like Hector, like uh, Lee Lin from Guys Thai, we come from that culture, right? You know, Hector comes from that culture where he can present Tia Lupita in an authentic way. You know, Leland comes from, his grandmother is, is Thai. So he, he he knows Thai food, you know, he grew up eating Thai food that was prepared by his grandmother. And me with Philip Manila, you know the story as well. So like in a world where transparency for the consumer is one of the key business drivers or kind of key purchase drivers, like knowing about that and also taking the step on uh, DEI and BIPOC owned one step further, I think mm -hmm. that was what compelled the, the creation of Founders Heritage. So it's still in its early stages. For now, we are that community of brands and founders. We want to support each other. We want to champion each other. And we want to provide consumers and retailers that added transparency. But like, hey, you know, this startup, this brand, this product that you're, about, that you're buying has this added layer of authenticity, right? And this is the story behind the brand and why it has that layer of authenticity. So that's what Founders heritages. That's that's awesome. That's needed. That's needed. It's not that it's awesome because it is. <laughs> it's it's that it's needed. It's necessary in order to to amplify voices that that need that amplification. Um, and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen a product like there's this. I'm not going to say the brand, but there's a chocolate brand out there. And it's like, oh, we go and we help out African farmers and we do all this stuff. And the person that owns this is a white dude. And I'm thinking, 
and I'm thinking, like, all right, I love that idea, and I love that you're you're helping, and and that's great. But for me, it's a miss. You know, like it's kind of kind of a miss. Even if you are the owner, like, wouldn't you hire someone to like from there? And I'm sure he has. I'm not looking to the whole scope of it, and I I looked at what they do, and it seems like they actually do great things, but. It, there's a there's a misstep there there's like a step removed from actually gaining all the authenticity or, or gaining all of the the story from that those bars being made or whatever the chocolate or candy being made so it's nice to hear that you're you're getting direct relation to the product that's being made from people who've experienced and lived that life and I, this honestly man this is going to blow up like there's no way that people won't say I don't want to be involved. I can think of off the top of my head, I can just think of like six or seven people that would love to be involved with Founders Heritage because it speaks directly about what they do and and what they have grown up to see in their culture. So kudos, man. Bang. And like and just to reiterate, I mean, this is not exclusionary, right? This is not like us pointing a finger like uh, oh appropriation. You know, that's not what we're doing, right? Well, this I is- am. Oh, yeah. I'm pointing a finger. <laughs> I don't know, but for us, it's just like recognizing, just yeah. giving that added layer of transparency to the right. consumers, because consumers want to know. You know, at the same time, it's important to have that transparency because some of the language is existing in industry, like Andy Kirk. You know, it's it's getting a bit muddled, right? So, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I like without naming names. Like I seen this one brand where it's like um, I, they said like they were they were Asian owned. And they're like, oh, that's weird. Because when I read the article about them, it was like, I thought there were like two white guys from Brooklyn. What's that about? Uh, and then like I was looking deeper into what, what they meant. It's like, oh, our investors are Asian. Like, what? That doesn't really matter. You know, that, oh, I mean, like, like right. technically, technically it's true. I mean, they're not lying, but it's yeah. kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. So yeah, like in that's... that same, in that same lens, like basically you could say that any corporation in the US is black owned. Because I'm sure the stocks of public corporations are in some, you know, you know what I mean? Like someone's 401k, right? So yeah. magically Apple is black owned and you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know, McDonald's is now Filipino owned. It's like, where do you draw the line, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's, 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 an, what does it call it? An, a removal or a non-admission of, of truth or a, truth spoken without actual intent knowing that everybody else is going to fill in the blanks of what they think it means um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's marketing right yeah totally totally marketing um well and it, the customers are getting so much savvier younger customers and it's going to be a lot harder to bullshit um customers as you know just as you like follow like um what is it snackshot and some of these other um newer um groups that uh of of startups and um cpg things just there people are just getting not only are they getting more obsessed with funkier products and flavors and more interesting founders and and brands but then they're also getting a lot smarter about like you just said, transparency, and it's going to be a lot harder for especially big brands to sort of put out these sort of inauthentic, um, uh, trendy things when when something blows up and they put it out there. It's going to be a lot harder for them to to sort of trick the customer because everybody's getting so much more savvy. We can find out so much more things about the founders, and so that you creating this platform yes. to um, 
to highlight and, and basically establish folks, well, not established folks, but because these people are established, but to, to sort of get ahead of the message almost. To be able to tell the story, right? Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, like you're doing with Filipino um, cuisine, like you are crafting the message versus letting someone else do it. This is a similar thing that you're doing with, um, with your new venture. So, um, yes. It allows for control of the narrative. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. Hey, um, so we're, we're coming up, we're coming up on time, Jake and, um, Andy, I wanted to make sure you didn't have any more large questions before Jake. I've loved just listening to Jake talk. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him in person. <laughs> <That's>, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, so Jake, is there any last words of wisdom or anything you'd like to pass on to people who may be listening before we close? Um, well, I mean, like, please, uh, every, you know, it, we're still a startup, so every amount of support helps us. So, I mean, if you're compelled to try um, our products, we're available nationwide at Sprouts um, and in some other stores as well. You can visit us at philomanella.com or if you want to learn more about Founders Heritage, uh, right now is the under construction page, but you can visit foundersheritage.org. <laughs> and then you can, we'll probably start to populate that with more content as we continue to build that platform. But, you know, it's exciting what we're doing. I definitely recommend you try Filipino food for the first time. If you're doing it, if you never had it before, just try the adobo. It's our best-selling kind of flavor. But honestly, it's like sweet, savory, umami, salty, all the amazing flavors in one. Like, you can't go wrong with that one. Yep. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, well jake thanks so much again and um hold on a second after we close we can give you a proper goodbye yeah. uh, i am i'm kirk Visola. i'm the founder and creative director of mind the font and i'm here with my good friend andy kurtz founder and creative director of buttermilk creative and you just listen to the kirk and kurtz design podcast with our very special guest mr jake de leon of phila manila and also the new founders heritage we'll talk to y'all next time peace bye all right, we're out. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> was that good? Did you guys that like was, that? Dude, that was <laughs> awesome, perfect. man. That was so good. It's, it's like you've been on 80 or 90. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Kirk and Kurtz Design Podcast. And a very special thanks to our guest, Jake DeLeon. You can find out more about Jake, Villa Manila, and Founders Heritage in the podcast description. Peace. <laughs>